0: story two of the third circle by frank norris this librivox recording is in the public domain story two the house with the blinds it is a thing said and signed and implicitly believed in by the discerning few that san francisco is a place wherein things can happen there are some cities like this cities that have come to be picturesque that offer opportunities in the matter of background and local color and are full of stories and dramas and novels written and unwritten there seems to be no adequate explanation for this state of things but you can't go about the streets anywhere within a mile radius of lotta's fountain without realizing the peculiarity just as you would realize the hopelessness of making anything out of chicago fancy a novel about chicago or buffalo let us say or nashville tennessee there are just three big cities in the united states that are story cities new york of course new orleans and the best of the lot san francisco here if you put yourself in the way of it you shall see life uncloaked and bare of convention the raw naked thing that perplexes and fascinates life that involves death of the sudden and swift variety the jar and shock of unleashed passions the friction of men foregathered from every ocean and you may touch upon the edge of mysteries for which there is no explanation little eddies on the surface of unsounded depths sudden outflashings of the inexplicable troublesome disquieting and a little fearful about this house with the blinds now if you go far enough afield with your face towards telegraph hill beyond chinatown beyond the barbary coast beyond the mexican quarter and luna's restaurant beyond even the tamale factory and the red house you will come at length to a park in a strange unfamiliar unfrequented quarter you will know the place by reason of a granite stone set up there by the geodetic surveyors for some longitudinal purposes of their own and by an enormous flagstaff erected in the centre stockton street flanks it on one side and powell on the other it is an italian quarter as much as anything else and the Società alianza holds dances in a big white hall hard by the russian church with its minarets that look for all the world like inverted balloons overlook it on one side and at the end of certain seaward streets you may see the masts and spars of wheat ships and the asiatic steamers the park lies in a valley between russian and telegraph hills and in august and early september the trades come flogging up from the bay overwhelming one with sudden bulging gusts that strike downward blanket wise and bewildering there are certain residences here where i am sure sea-captains and sailing-masters live and on one corner is an ancient house with windows opening door fashion upon a deep veranda that was used as a custom office in mexican times i have a very good friend who is a sailing-master aboard the mary baker a full-rigged wheat-ship a cape horner and the most beautiful thing i ever remember to have seen occasionally i am invited to make a voyage with him as supercargo an invitation which you may be sure i accept such an invitation came to me one day some four or five years ago and i made the trip with him to calcutta and return the day before the Mary baker cast off i had been aboard she was lying in the stream off mig's wharf attending to the stowing of my baggage and the appointment of my stateroom the yawl put me ashore at three in the afternoon and i started home via the park i have been speaking about on my way across the park i stopped in front of that fool geodetic stone wondering what it might be and while i stood there puzzling about it a nursemaid came up and spoke to me the story of the house with the blinds begins here the nursemaid was most dreadfully drunk her bonnet was awry her face red and swollen and one eye was blackened she was not at all pleasant in the baby carriage which she dragged behind her an overgrown infant yelled like a sabbath of witches look here says she you're a gentleman and i want you should help me out a fix i'm in a fix so what i am a damn bad fix i got that fool stone between myself and this object and listened to it pouring out an incoherent tirade against some man who had done it dirt by god and with whom it was incumbent i should fight and she was in a fix so what she was and could i who was evidently a perfect galman, oblige her with four bits all this while the baby yelled till my ears sang again well i gave her four bits to get rid of her but she stuck to me yet the closer and confided to me that she lived in that house over yonder she did the house with the blinds and was nursemaid there so she was by god but at last i got away and fled in the direction of stockton street as i was going along however i reflected that the shrieking infant was somebody's child and no doubt popular in the house with the blinds the parents ought to know that its nurse got drunk and into fixes it was a duty a dirty duty for me to inform upon her much as i loathed to do so i turned towards the house with the blinds it stood hard by the russian church a huge white-painted affair all the windows closely shuttered and a bit of stained glass in the front door quite the most pretentious house in the row i had got directly opposite and was about to cross the street when lo, round the corner marching rapidly and with blue coats flapping buttons and buckles flashing came a squad of three seven nine ten policemen they marched straight upon the house with the blinds i am not brilliant nor adventurous but i have been told that i am good and i do strive to be respectable and pay my taxes and pew-rent as a corollary to this i loathed with a loathing unutterable to be involved in a mess of any kind the squad of policemen were about to enter the house with the blinds and not for worlds would i have been found by them upon its steps the nurse-girl might heave that shrieking infant over the cliff of telegraph hill it were all one with me so i shrank back upon the sidewalk and watched what followed fifty yards from the house the squad broke into a run swarmed upon the front steps and in a moment were thundering upon the front door till the stained glass leaped in its leads and shivered down upon their helmets and then just at this point occurred an incident which though it had no bearing upon or connection with this yarn is quite queer enough to be set down the shutters of one of the top-story windows opened slowly like the gills of a breathing fish the sash raised some six inches with a reluctant wail and a hand groped forth into the open air on the sill of the window was lying a gilded indian club and while i watched wondering the hand closed upon it drew it under the sash the window dropped guillotine fashion and the shutters clapped too like the shutters of a cuckoo clock why was the indian club lying on the sill why in heaven's name was it gilded why did the owner of that mysterious groping hand seize upon it at the first intimation of danger i don't know i never will know but i do know that the thing was eldritch and uncanny ghostly even in the glare of that cheerless afternoon sun in that barren park with the trade winds thrashing up from the seaward streets suddenly the door crashed in the policeman vanished inside the house everything fell silent again i waited for perhaps fifty seconds waited watching and listening ready for anything that might happen expecting i knew not what everything not more than five minutes had elapsed when the policemen began to reappear they came slowly and well they might for they carried with them the inert bodies of six gentlemen when i say carried i mean it in its most literal sense for never in all my life have i seen six gentlemen so completely so thoroughly so hopelessly and helplessly intoxicated well dressed they were too one of them even in full dress salvos of artillery could not have awakened that drunken half-dozen and i doubt if any one of them could even have been racked into consciousness three hacks appeared note that the patrol wagon was conspicuously absent the six were loaded upon the cushions the word was given and one by one the hacks rattled down stockton street and disappeared in the direction of the city the captain of the squad remained behind for a few moments locked the outside doors in the deserted shuttered house descended the steps and went his way across the park softly whistling a quick step in time he too vanished the park the rows of houses the wind-flogged streets resumed their normal quiet the incident was closed or was it closed judge you now next day i was down upon the wharves gripsack in hand capped and clothed for a long sea voyage the mary baker's boat was not yet come ashore but the beauty lay out there in the stream flirting with a bustling tug that circled about her coughing uneasily at intervals idle sailormen longshoremen and stevedores sat upon the string-piece of the wharf chewing slivers and spitting reflectively into the water across the intervening stretch of bay came the noises from the Mary Baker's decks noises that were small and distinct as if heard through a telephone the rattle of blocks the straining of a windlass the bosun's whistle at once the noise of sawing A white cruiser sat solidly in the waves over by Alcatraz, and while I took note of her, the flag was suddenly broken out, and I heard the strains of the ship's band. The morning was fine. Tamopius climbed out of the water like a rousing lion. In a few hours we would be off on a voyage to the underside of the earth. There was a note of gaiety in the nimble air, and one felt that the world was young after all, and that it was good to be young with her a bumboat woman came down the wharf corpulent and round with a roll in her walk that shook first one fat cheek and then the other she was peddling trinkets among the wharf loungers pocket-combs little round mirrors shoe-strings and collar buttons she knew them all or at least was known to all of them and in a few moments she was retailing to them the latest news of the town soon i caught a name or two and on the instant was at some pains to listen the bumboat woman was telling the story of the house with the blinds sacks of em and knobs every one but that what big juice Woo, never have i seen the bait and divil a one as can remember out for two days by bory-eyed they were struck dumb and deep and dead wid whisky and bubble-water not a man jack of em can tell the tale but one of em used his knife cruel bad now which one was it how's to court to find out it appeared that the house with the blinds was or had been a gambling-house and what i had seen had been a raid. then the rest of the story came out and the mysteries began to thicken that same evening after the arrest of the six inebriates the house had been searched the police had found evidence of a drunken debauch of a monumental character but they had found more in a closet under the stairs the dead body of a man a well-dressed fellow beyond a doubt one of the party knifed to death by dreadful slashes in his loins and at the base of his spine in true evil hand-over-back fashion now this is the mystery of the house with the blinds beyond all doubt one of the six drunken men had done the murder which one and how to find out so completely were they drunk that not a single one of them could recall anything of the previous twelve hours they had come out there with their friend the day before they woke from their orgy to learn that one of them had worried him to his death by means of a short palm broad dagger taken from a trophy of persian arms that hung over a divan whose hand had done it which one of them was the murdered i could fancy them i think i can see them now sitting there in their cells each man apart withdrawn from his fellow reveller and each looking furtively into his fellow's face asking himself was it you was it you or was it i which of us in god's name has done this thing well it was never known when i came back to san francisco a year or so later i asked about the affair of the house with the blinds and found that it had been shelved with the other mysterious crimes the six men had actually been discharged for the want of evidence but for a long time the thing harassed me more than once since i have gone to that windy park with its quivering flagstaff and geodetic monument and sitting on a bench opposite the house asked myself again and again the bootless questions why had the drunken nursemaid mentioned the house to me in the first place and why at that particular time why had she lied to me in telling me that she lived there why was that gilded indian club on the sill of the upper window and whose here's the point whose was the hand that drew it inside the house and then of course last of all the ever-recurrent question which one of those six inebriates should have stood upon the drop and worn the cap which one of the company had knifed his friend and bundled him into that closet under the stairs had he done it during the night of the orgy or before it was his friend drunk at the time or sober i never could answer these questions and i suppose i shall never know the secret of the house with the blinds a greek family lives there now and rent the upper story to a man who blows the organ in the russian church and to two japanese who have a photograph gallery on stockton street i wonder to what use they have put the little closet under the stairs End of Story two.